0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. What's going on with you? Just a little bit of music while I sort myself out. Are you nothing. sorted? I'm sorted. Do you know what's happened at home? Sorry, unrelated, nothing to do with dead bodies. Well, kind of. Um, birthday recently, and one of the gifts, my son gave it to me. I suspect he gave it to me because he wanted it. Gave me an Alexa dot. Do you have one? It's just like a little round. I did a face instead of saying no, no. Little round speaker. Oh, hey, Alexa. Thank you. Doo-doo. That's it. Yeah. And at first, I was like, I do not want to speak to her. I have enough people speaking at me in my mind. But life, what I does don't. she control? Well, I'm learning bit by bit, but you can say things like, hey, Alexa, play Lady Gaga Shallow. And it just plays loudly, and I can sing along to it. But it so, plays from what? It, 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 it's a speaker itself. But is it like connected to your Spotify? Or you just it to to Amazon. This one's Amazon. Oh. So my son signed me up for something Amazon-y that I don't really know. And I got oh. an email today saying it's about to expire, so I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but I'm learning bit by bit what it can do. But here's what I can do. I can say, Alexa, add to my shopping list. And then she'll say, what would you like to add? And I'll say, eggs. You know, if you're in the kitchen and you think, oh, I'm out. What? Of- oh <laughs> You just type that <laughs> on the list in your phone too hard who wants to have to get their phone open it up get the page no i just say the words i just say add eggs to my shopping list and you're then you're acting like there's a
1: chastity belt on your I, phone it's really
0: difficult to
1: like get into your notes no, you just this unlock it with your face like you just look uh, my phone's unlocked i don't want to have my to my touch face. anything
0: i don't want to you, have to pick anything up no and i don't you unlock with your face yeah but you've got to pick your phone up to, <laughs> to do that And then I get to the supermarket. i touch four things to get into my note. Here's the other thing, though. Anyone in my family, because they're always saying, oh, can you get this? Can you get that? Even if I'm not in the room, they can say, Alexa, put butter on the shopping list. She puts it on. When I get to the supermarket, I open up the app and it's got all – this is not an ad. God, we have missed so many sponsorship opportunities. But anyway, all the things are there. The things are that there. there was bananas on there that I didn't know I hadn't put there.
1: Imagine if you were a murderer and you were like, "Hey Alexa." Yes. Well, add rope and a Tarp and uh, bleach,
0: but in America there was a murder. Now I'm going to be very scant on details here because this is, you, I don't you, remember. This you're is free balling. yes, okay. <laughs> but there is a current case. I will research this better at a different time. Um, where a woman was murdered in her home, and the um, the authorities have subpoenaed. I think it's Amazon or one of the other providers of these in-house, you know, the service, those things that talk to you in your house, um, because they record the entire time, even when you're not just yes. giving it instructions. And so this woman was murdered in her home and they think that if they can get that audio of the recordings, of, because it records voices whenever you speak. My
1: TV does that.
0: Yeah, anything smart is doing that all the time. Because when we first got our you.
1: TV, the first time only that we switched it on, it came up with a warning and said the TV is recording audio like all the time. Yes, We've never seen it since, only when you first switch
0: it on. All those things are listening to you all the time. They are. So a couple of the girls here at work, one of them was a mum. She was organising a birthday party for her kids and mm. I think she was looking up jumping castles or something. Yeah, and then you constantly see shit about jumping castles. Well, she was talking to a colleague about it and the colleague goes onto her Facebook, and there was ads for jumping castles. Now she had See? never searched it. Yeah, it happens It was all the only time. in talking. That's her... why
1: you can't murder people in mm. 2019. So they you were cannot. going
0: for the records of this woman's house, the woman that got murdered, where there was one of these devices, um, because they thought that the the audio might have the actual murder on it, mm. and that would give them some clues as to who did it. Anyway, that's not my story today. Would you like to go first? I went first twice in a row. Did you? Yes, I did. Okay.
1: How nice of you. Okay, my story, and I've just chosen at random because I've got so many stories, I'm so organised, I just have decided to go with this one for no particular reason. Wow. Anyway, so... I liked it
0: better before the folder, but just... It's an attitude there.
1: I need to uh, credit Michael Walters from The Atlantic and Kate Jones who sent this story to me. The story is about Sarah Krebs. She's a detective and she works in the missing persons unit in Detroit. She's been a police officer since 2000, so she knows her way around a crime scene. But she has brought to light a fact that Amazed me. In her time in the missing persons unit, she obviously has to deal with checking for remains and finding remains, and sometimes she has to look for remains that have been buried. Uh, And more often than not, she is ordering bodies be exhumed and they're not there. What? Correct. Where are they? Well, sometimes the bones turned up in a different plot, or they may have been at the examiner's office. They could still be in evidence sometimes, uh, but they have also been found in random people's homes. What? Ms. Krebs said, I have multiple, multiple cases where we thought the body was buried, and we found a couple of days later that someone had it in their house. Now... Is this like in in modern times? Correct. Wow, strange. Now, back to why does this happen? Right. This is because in the United States, they are literally stockpiling bodies. So this started around 2016, mainly due to an influx of overdoses from people taking prescription drugs. Obviously, really a massive problem Yeah. that I think probably hasn't been wasn't recognized quite a few years ago, but in recent times is. Um, And because of that, there are literally dozens of bodies that need to be processed every single day. So some of those bodies are inevitably slipping under the radar. So you might think, okay, well, you just need to put in a system But that's not the issue. The issue is that these unclaimed bodies are just drifting around in and out of state care and no one is claiming them. And this is the part that shocked me. The United States has no uniform system for managing the unclaimed. Oh, really? None. Can you believe that? So there is no federal law outlining what steps to take and many states do not have clear procedures leaving individual medical examiners, so I'm guessing that's like the coroner, to make decisions about how best to deal with unclaimed bodies. Gosh, Is that nuts? So you think like the United States would have something? So because of this, medical examiners have either have to fund the burials themselves or the cremations or find other solutions.
0: We're, hang on, what's
1: the family's role in this? Why is it? Well, you raise a good point because it's probably relevant to talk about how the bodies are unclaimed. So, some of them are possibly missing people. Mm-hmm. Some of them could be drug users that are just separated from their families. Mm. Their families don't know what state they're in, they haven't spoken for a long time, and loved ones just get used to not hearing from them yeah. and they don't know that they're dead. So according to the associate professor of Indiana University, Kenna Quinech, uh, who co-wrote an academic article on this about unclaimed bodies, in most of the cases, the identity of the victim is known, but coroners or funeral directors can't contact the next of kin Oh, so they okay. know who the yeah. people are, but they can't find someone yeah to come and claim and them. And how much
0: time can they invest in looking for that person? They uh, unless they've got exactly staff right to help when them. you've
1: got yeah. new dead bodies coming in every day. Get it? Yeah. So sometimes they said that they'll identify the person, they'll contact a next of kin, yeah, and the next of kin can't afford to bury them. Ah, uh, okay. So no. it's like then what do you do? So some co- coroners go for cremation because yeah. it's actually cheaper than burials in certain parts of the states. But in other states, coroners aren't allowed to cremate remains. Um, and that could be because of religious reasons, because if the person's unidentified, you mm. can't cremate them because you don't know if they're linked to a crime yeah. or you could be destroying evidence. So that means that the bodies are just kept in freezers forever.
0: Well, how many, yeah. freezers are big and expensive to run. How can
1: they? I wow. know.
0: Or some
1: coroner's offices just cremate them and they leave the ashes piled up in their offices. (gasps) Can you believe this? I was dead when I found this out. So Los Angeles County has one of the better systems. Their bodies are cremated if no one comes to claim them a month after death. A month. That's not very long, is it? is it? Um, And their remains are then kept in the coroner's office for another 3 years if by that point no family has reached out the crema- the cr- cremains remains yes they call them cremains. They called yeah. cremains yeah the cremains are buried alongside more than 1000 others in an annual interfaith funeral because they don't know what religion the person is
0: uh, i did they stay in a box or would yes. they just tip all the – because that's still going to take up a lot of space. If no, I reckon they would still
1: have to keep them in the individual boxes in case they need to get them out after. Or a Ziploc
0: bag. That would take up less space. They could burp the air out
1: of it. Kirsten and I have just exchanged a glance. <sighs> oh, Only 14 states overall have money for funeral costs for unclaimed bodies and it rarely covers covers the actual amount of dead bodies mm. they have to bury. Yeah. Um. Now, in West Virginia, they have the highest rate of opioid... West
0: Virginia, Mount Mama, mm-hmm. Hadn't thought of that song.
1: They have the highest rate of opioid deaths, and two years in a row they've run out of funding to bury their unclaimed dead. Oh, dear. It's a similar situation in Detroit, which is one of the poorest states. Mm. Um, in Detroit, during the GFC... The medical examiner there was forced to stash a stockpile of bodies in a semi-trailer freezer in a parking lot as a last resort. Now, that's normally only done in natural disasters where they've got hundreds of bodies. Like temporary morgues. Yep. And other times uh, they've just had to dig a trench somewhere in the cemetery and they've just dumped the body bags in there.
0: Detroit makes me sad. Sorry, I'm to not concentrate on the actual thing you're talking about. But, I mean, that was you know Motor City. It was, I know. It was just this Hattning. thriving place, exactly. Yeah. And I watch a show called Can't remember where they go and they repair old ho- homes. This old house, it's an American one, and they went to Detroit and there were all these beautiful homes yeah. that the executives of all the motor companies. Used to have, and they, people have just abandoned these homes. So now some of them are going back into them and restoring them, so that they can be sold and used. And and but it's just so sad what that city has become. In 2015, Washington
1: DC discovered that in some cases, the funeral home that the city paid to bury its unclaimed bodies had simply dumped the remains in unmarked <gasps> graves beside oh. trash cans. Oh no! Uh, the funeral home claimed that it had followed the terms of its contract. And, again, we've spoken about this, donations to medical schools. Mm. We know they love a dead bod. Um, and while that was a way to get rid of unclaimed bodies, it's often not accepted anymore. wonder why. Because mm. mm. they chop them up. Yeah. And they probably need to be able to access them.
0: Well, I guess if there is still some uncertainty over the, not necessarily the identity of the person, but whether their family is going to come asking for them, family's going to be more annoyed if you chop their person up than...
1: Well, all of this meant, has meant that coroner's offices and medical practitioners have had to kind of think out of the box now about what they do. Tennessee gives some of their unclaimed c- cadavers, how did we say cadavers, yep. to body farms. We've spoken about that before. Yeah. New York has buried more than one million unclaimed bodies on its uh, inaccessible Hart Island, a hundred-acre strip of land north of Manhattan. Oh, so it's just all bodies. One million unclaimed oh, bodies. Uh, that's a lot. Isn't it? What? should just highlight that. We need to do something more on that.
0: One million. Mm.
1: You've got a highlighter as well I'm as telling a folder. You, I am a new woman. You've got a pencil case. Yep. And this What's highlighter pencil case? is erasable, just in case you make a mistake what? and you didn't mean to highlight what you highlighted. Anyway, when did you start all this? I'm a stationary. real woman. Did you go to Office Works? Wow. These are the only pens I write with. It's an OCD thing. Anyway, um, such states as North Carolina cremate unclaimed bodies and scatter them at sea.
0: Okay, yeah. Oh, you're for that. Well, I'm trying to think if I came, like, if I say one of my kids ran away, they were oh, no, I don't even, no, I don't want to think of that. But if you were a family that came along after that three years and said, I want Bob back, I've just discovered that he's here and you've got him, yeah. What are you going to be satisfied with them saying to you if they say, well, we've, well, I'd be pissed if they were cremated.
1: Because we've spoken about this before, like the, mm. oh, hold on, let me backtrack. I was about to say, because you'd want to see them and touch them, but if you're like three months on and they've just been in a freezer, yeah. it's I feel how like would I still want to see them?
0: Mass grave would be the worst thing to me. Totally. To hear that a loved one had ended up... In a mass grave, and, and I'm using the phrase "loved one" very loosely because if you haven't noticed, they're missing for three years, then how close are you? But yeah, I wouldn't. I would hate to think of someone of, of mine. It was just in a mass grave, just thrown in totally. as it didn't matter next yeah. to the rubbish bins. Yeah,
1: Dallas, which is also overrun with unclaimed bodies, briefly debated liquefying remains through an environmentally friendly process known as alkaline hydrolysis. Oh, you spoke about this recently. That's right. Um, But that initiative failed after lawmakers expressed revulsion for the technique Mm. um, because bodies uh, reduced to like a brown liquid. It's kind of gross. And a set of bones. Mm. Yes. Now there is a missing persons database called NAMIS, which is attempting to make it easier for medical examiners to match unclaimed remains to missing persons. Mm. Um, NAMIS hopes its own database can provide an alternative search tool when medical examiners wind up with bodies whose family they can't locate. Um, but the problem is that there's still a lot of states that don't know how to use the program and they don't know that it exists. Um where until they get a standardised, standard, I can't say that word.
0: Standardised, standard, standardised. Why can't I say it? St- We've well, got get one of your highlighters out and, and have a go at it.
1: Anyway, until they get their shit together, um, unclaimed bodies in cities that pencils. see a high number of dead will continue to float from office to office, home to home, refrigerated truck to refrigerated truck.
0: It's. We're better than these people. I know we're not in America and I don't want to have a go at the entire country, but I, w- I expect better from them. I, that's Well, that's why I was shocked by
1: it. Mm. A last uh, little note from the detective. She says she wouldn't be surprised to find the bones had, she'd been looking for in a glass display at a local university. She's solved many cold cases that way before.
0: Good Lord. hmm yeah, nothing would shock her. It's
1: shocking, isn't it? They don't have—they just don't have their shit together over there. I was shocked that I realized they didn't have any kind of system for that.
0: Mm. Surely,
1: like this is one of those things where it's like sh- the shit we should have together in 2019. Yeah. Well, dead bodies, and their locations. But maybe we
0: think things are better than they actually are. It's like when that MH70 airplane went missing, and it's—I yeah. does everyone think it's down in the? um What's the sea down the bottom? That's not the Atlantic. Mm. The um, Antarctic. Antarctic. Ocean somewhere. But everyone went, come on. I mean, there's all this technology everywhere. Surely you can make it better than it is. I would expect the disposal of dead bodies to be better than it is. Do
1: we need to acknowledge Christchurch quickly? Um, Don't say his name. We did.
0: No, we won't. Uh, I think we did. and We um, did at the start of an episode. Exactly. As we would know, episode before. For the last one, mm. um, which we had recorded, as as we said, because we tacked that little piece on the top after it had happened, we'd already recorded by the time the horrible incident happened. Yeah, it's been been awful. It's just been awful. Mm.
1: And Mm. I feel, and we had a discussion about this away from the podcast, that maybe people listen to this podcast to get away from the mainstream media Mm. news and we
0: don't do mainstream media news here. Yeah. No, but I felt it was important. Mm. Well, you did actually have to say at your encouragement um, just to acknowledge uh, because I feel like, you know, we're one big family, aren't we? Correct. Yeah. Just in
1: case people are wondering why we're not talking about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a story for you. It okay. starts with a comic book, for something a bit different. How's this going to end up with dead bodies, we wonder? Mm, I'm nervous around, about you, this okay? story because I'm, I'm... There's no accents in this one. Okay. Wait till next episode, though. Oh, no. That's the one I was dreading. <sighs> There's one I have. I actually practiced it today. But anyway, let's do practiced this one now. Practiced it. Uh, this comic book is called The Lone Avenger. Which had a sort of an American Wild West vibe, as you can imagine, with desert canyons mm. and saloons and the Wild West. Advent- and Lone Avenger. Mm, bawdy wen- wenches and that sort of stuff. Um, even though it had this whole American Wild West vibe, it was actually published here in Australia in the 1950s and the early 60s. Okay. And the Lone Avenger was a sheriff. And he wore a cowboy hat, which is kind of normal. Mm. A little bit different, though. He used to wear a hood, this character, in the comic, a hood with the eye holes cut out, so his identity was secret. Oh, The Lone Avenger was a perfect gentleman to women. He was always polite to the bawdy lasses in the saloon and and he never he never had a girlfriend or a wife who was i just then were you the bawdy lass (laughs) in the saloon i was
1: like irish and it is not my role (laughs) on this podcast to do an accent Anyway,
0: Uh, now in the comic the women were very attractive to the lone avenger but um that's despite the fact he was wearing a hood i don't generally go for a man with a hood with the eyes cut out but that's up to them. neither. And the Lone Avenger had a code. The code was worship God, venerate the Queen, honour our parents, be polite to adults, what? respect people of all creeds, be kind to animals, do three good deeds a day, study hard, play healthy, oh, outdoor mate. sports.
1: Anything else you want from us?
0: And obey the law.
1: Christ alive.
0: Which what tells else do you, that, you want
1: from us? Well,
0: whoever was writing it was obviously, you know, saying, no, yeah, kiddies, if no you're reading this comic, that. be good.
1: How about just be good?
0: Well, you'd remember be good, but the author obviously wanted to inspire. Oh, do kids three to be good, good deeds good.
1: a day. Praise the Lord. What <laughs> else? Are we? That's I can't
0: remember anything else. <laughs> Lots of things. Play healthy outdoor sports and all that. So, mm. the artist who created this comic was a man by the name of Leonard Lawson. He was born in 1927.
1: Leonard and... Longlist
0: Lawson. What? Leonard Longlist Law- Lawson. <laughs>
1: Say it ten times.
0: Just called him Lenny. Lenny, no. <laughs> He was a teenager when he first drew The Lone Avenger. 1946 was the first one. It ran for 13 years. He also created another Western hero called The Hooded Rider. thing about hoods, obviously. Does Lenny die? Do you jump straight to the end of a book before you've read the... <laughs> Sorry. In 1954, when Le- we we'll are call him... Leonard Lenny, when he was 26, he was living in Manly, which is a suburb of Sydney, with his wife Betty and three children. And he was also working as a commercial artist. He is actually quite a good artist. I've seen some of his work. Um, commercial artist. And he was working as a photographer as well. And he wanted to shoot a bikini calendar. Oh, or so he said. Plot twist. And so he hired five young models from the June Dally Watkins Modelling Academy in Sydney. And he'd chosen a location, the bushland at Terry Hill. So he picked the models up and he drove them out there. Now, after he took the photos of them in their bikinis... Need a fan. He told them that he had cancer of the kidneys.
1: Oh, this is getting creepy.
0: And that he was going to commit suicide before the pain became too much to bear. He then took...
1: From, Mate, what's going on with Lenny?
0: From his What's happening? Case?
1: Here we are in a photo shoot. Give yeah. it to me. Give it to me. You're going so great. Yeah, hold that angle. Oh, so now I've got you here. i
0: the kidneys. I'm <laughs> dying. If it gets too much, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> well, Opens just, up his briefcase. I shouldn't case. laugh. I Don't shouldn't laugh. Try not it's to. really it gets bad. Worse, but it I'm gets confused
1: worse. about how
0: that turned. Actually, no. Get the laughter out because it takes even more of a turn.
1: Oh, God.
0: Are you, over, are you not laughing anymore? Well,
1: I'm thinking I'm a bikini model.
0: Yes, because i would liked that's it, and the 1950 you know, ones with pointy bosoms and yeah. high waisted. And I'm there in the
1: bush, and I'm posing my little took us off. And your back hair's then been they been were set with a steel hair small gel, small ones with a go right. Mm-hmm. Everyone and then Lenny says that, and I'm
0: shocked. You are shocked. I'm shook. Okay, go. They were shook. So he goes to his briefcase. He takes out a sawn-off rifle. And he points it at the girls. There are five of them. Uh, One of the girls had actually worked for him before. And she later said that all the girls were frightened. One of them was shaking and became hysterical. And then she says Lawson threatened them and said, I'm going to kill myself. And I don't care if I take some of you with me. He made them. Okay, you go first. He made them lay. Yeah, they should have, shouldn't they? He made them lie on their stomachs on the ground. He took some rope out of his briefcase. Oh, how handy. They had rope with him. Who has Uh, a briefcase? He tied, yeah. At a bikini shoot. I don't think people carry briefcases anymore.
1: No, but even back then, who takes their briefcase to a bikini shoot? Everyone
0: did in the 50s and 60s. It was like a sign of, look at me, I'm a man on the move. He tied the girls' wrists and ankles. He took scissors and um, sticky tape, sticking plaster, and he cut six-inch lengths and he taped their mouths to stop them from screaming.
1: That would be terrifying.
0: And then he pulled them up to their feet and told them that if they moved, he'd put a bullet through their heads. Oh. One of these girls was only 15 years old oh. and he raped her. <gasps> and he raped another of the girls as well. Um, he told... The other two, so there were five altogether, another two of them, he said he wouldn't touch them because one of them had told him that she was four months pregnant and the other one just pleaded with him and so he agreed not to touch them. He then raped the teenager again. Another one of the girls who was also 15 said that he interfered with her, whatever, that means. Uh, yeah. Um, but he didn't rape her. Um She said that she saw him rape three of the girls. One of them was her sister.
1: Rape is so awful. Imagine watching that. I know that's sister. such a Captain 101 statement, rape is so awful. Yeah. But whenever I hear about rape in court. It's the
0: loss of power. It's the violation. And th- if it was your sister, imagine watching it. It's just – it's – horrifying. So these girls were examined after the attack and said that the red marks around their wrists and their ankles were consistent to having been tied tightly with a rope. So he was arrested, uh, Leonard Lawson and he admitted taking the girls to the bushland to rape them. Um, He said, the girls lay on the ground I put the gun down on a rock where it remained for the rest of the time, he said. He said, the girls were giggling all the time and appeared to be enjoying the show as much as I was. Mm. So he admitted it then. But then when he got to court, he pleaded not guilty. He said that the girls had consented. Of course. Uh, He said that three months earlier, he'd taken two of those girls and two other models to the same place and he photographed them. And he said that one of the girls um, that he was alleged to have assaulted had told him at the time that she thought it would be exciting to be raped because that's what most girls say, isn't it? What? What? that come out out loud of my mouth when I said bullshit? Liked it. Uh, he said the second girl told him that she liked the caveman type and that if a strange man attacked her, she would want him to tie her up and gag her. And he also claimed that the models had been sitting around discussing sex and he said to one of them, you remember what you were talking about before? I've brought a rope and a gun and I'm all prepared. Um, And his defence lawyer in court later said that all the girls had willingly taken part in what happened.
1: Um, A 15-year-old.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So this was in uh, 1954, June 1954. This was in the court, Sydney's Central Criminal Court. The public gallery absolutely packed for three days. Justice John Clancy heard the case and the jury found him guilty. Justice Clancy passed the death sentence Making Lynn Lawson the first man to be sentenced to be executed for rape in New South Wales for 57 years. Uh, as he was leaving to go, uh, le- well, he was leaving the dock to go down through a trapdoor into the cells below. Justice Clancy called him back, and he said to him, "Before you leave, I want to add this. It is not my practice where a sentence is fixed by Parliament to make any observations. In your case, I propose to depart from that practice. In other words." I'm going to do what I want on this occasion. Yeah, I should not want you to leave this court in the belief that you can expect any clemency in any recommendation by me to the executive council. I accept the law as it is, and I think it is a proper law and a just law. I think that in your case, there's no reason why it should not be carried into execution. Mm. So, in other words, he's saying I'm not going to listen to any excuses. You're going to to be you're going to death. Yeah, but. Later that same year, nineteen fifty four, so that the case was that was heard in court in June, yep. in October of nineteen fifty four, the New South Wales Labour premier Joe I don't know if it's Cale or Cale, Cahill Kale, C- abolished the death penalty oh. which meant that Len Lawson was spared. So instead he was sentenced to fourteen years jail. Wow. Um, as soon as that happened, his wife filed for divorce. Fourteen years is not a long time. Gets worse. While he was in jail, he asked if he could continue producing the Lone Avenger, his comic book. But the, was... the kids won. Yep, <laughs> I know it's absurd. Uh, he was told no, and it was taken over by another artist, uh, and it was later banned in Queensland. And then mm. it was later withdrawn by the publisher. He continued painting portraits, including religious images. He painted the prison chapel. Uh, and those are some of the paintings. Actually, we'll put them on our social media because you can see he actually was quite a good artist. When his name came up for parole in 1961, mm. he appeared to be a fully rehabilitated man. He, and he'd found religion when he was inside jail. So the parole board set him free in May 1961, he had served only seven years, so half of his 14-year sentence. I feel
1: like, off the top of my head, seven years is the average for rape. Is it? Oh, I'm. I don't want to. I old. don't want to stick to that, but I feel like s- that's the average.
0: Mm. So when he got out, he went back to working as an artist. Six months later, on November the 7th, 1962, he had be- become friends with a neighbour, and she agreed. And I've deliberately left her name out. I might have. Oh no, I won't leave the girl's name out. Um, she agreed to let him paint a portrait of her 16 year old daughter. Oh no, did she know? No, she oh. had no idea. That's why I did left her name out. I mean, you can Google it, but there's no point in. You no, know, but she didn't know. She didn't know, was. and I feel really bad for her. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so her daughter's name was Jane Bower, and so she went to his flat in Coleroy to be painted by him. Uh, he tied Jane up, she was 16 sexually assaulted her, and stabbed her to death. The next day, he burst into the chapel of the Sydney Church of England Girls Grammar School at Mossvale, taking schoolgirls hostage. Now, he'd been to this particular school a few weeks earlier. There's... uh, uh, I'm a bit unclear of exactly how it happened, but apparently he had talked his way into the school, right. telling them that he was an author and that he was writing or researching a novel set in a girls' school. Um, there was another version of this that said that he was invited to a dinner there and celebrated as an author. So either way, he told the headmistress a big lie that he was an author. Sure. And so he got Obviously
1: his... very charming, right? Probably, like any of I don't these know that, but it sounds yeah. like he was had some sort of, he didn't look like a freak.
0: No. To, No, he actually was quite a nice-looking bloke. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad even saying it. because he's horrible. Uh, So he's holding these girls hostage. So he he demanded during the siege that Miss Australia and uh, Australia's golden girl – who was that? Was that Betty Cuthbert? Who was our golden girl? I should know that – be brought to him. There was a struggle and he had a gun with him. The gun went off and shot and killed a 15-year-old girl by the name of Wendy Sue Luscombe. She was sitting in the pews during Mm. the seed. So he was captured again, charged with both murders, the one of the girl who's portrait he painted, this girl at school, and in late 1961 he was sentenced to life in jail. In 1972, so quite a a decade later, he was by this stage chairman of the Inmates' Arts and Crafts Society, what sort of craft do you think they're doing in, in jail? Shivs. He helped host a concert group that was visiting the prison. On December fifteenth, 1962, a group of dancers arrived at Parramatta Jail to do a concert for the inmates. Yes. At the end of the performance, Lenny whipped out a knife. There's your shiv. Told you. Jumped to the stage. Holding the blade to the throat of a dancer by the name oh. of Sharon Hamilton, and he threatened to kill her. Um, the prison warders said they thought that he was, this was going to be some sort of, you know, bid to get, you know, mm. let me out or I'm going to stab her or something.
1: I can't believe they let a whole dance
0: troupe in there. Mm-hmm.
1: I've been, have you been into a jail?
0: No. Oh, I have. Mm. It does seem odd, doesn't it? I guess everything tightened up after that. I felt these uncomfortable sorts of as a female. I could what tell you, you that
1: much. For? Mm, for a story.
0: Yeah, that would be uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for you. Sorry to keep underlining it, but Chanel is extraordinarily beautiful. No, I. F- but it, I it mean, just, even if you are a, a, you know, mm, plain it plain a plain men's prison, and but even you, I bet you even tried to be plain and stuff, but you can't be plain. Even in your plainest well, form, you know. The is, playing. I didn't
1: know I was going to jail that day, so uh, I didn't know I was doing that story, and I was wearing a dress. And had I have known I, would, yeah. I was going to jail that day, a men's prison, I wouldn't have worn a dress. Not and that it, it wasn't like it wasn't. No, but I think it, even little things like perfume and stuff. Yeah, would be. it wasn't revealing or anything, but yeah, it was just. Ooh, and I did. I felt really awkward, and we had to keep our distance from prisoners, but they were totally there.
0: Oh, mm. Mm, to hear gross. stories of them throwing. Wet stuff. Anyway, oh, they fling poo. I you know, didn't fling no, poo. I, was, I didn't mean poo. I've seen it. I watched those Louis Theroux documentaries. Oh, I know. They throw yeah, stuff. They um, That's true. Now, this is uh, really sad what happened here. So, actually, look, one good thing was that while he was holding Sharon hostage and threatening to stab her, the other prisoners overpowered him and oh, got her away. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, She was awarded damages in the Supreme Court of just under $100,000. That was in 1976. The judge um, found that she had phobic anxiety as a result of the attack. Mm. She had extensive psychiatric treatment and she became a patient at the Chelmsford Hospital, which is quite notorious, I think, for some of the treatment that Mm. was carried out there over the years. I don't think it's safe to say she wasn't in good hands in being at that hospital, Um, Six years after that attack by him, she was found dead on the floor of her flat Mm. in Dremoyne. There was an empty bottle of barbiturates found in the next room. She'd killed herself. she just never recovered from the attack. So Len Lawson stayed in Grafton Jail. In 1994, he applied for day leave. He told a reporter that he believed he deserved some freedom and that he wasn't a threat Uh, He said that the rhythms of the city and its women got to him and that application was rejected. Um, A portrait of a young girl from the Northern Rivers, a girl by the name of Corinne Mayer, that he painted while he was in Grafton, was put up for auction on eBay at a starting price of $35,000. But there were no bids and it was taken down. Now... In 2003, um, the Australian 60 Minutes was granted access to interview Len Lawson in jail. Liz Hayes was the reporter.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I've watched it. He looks just like any ordinary old man and he told her that he wished he was free.
2: You'd think that the years, all the years that pass, it'd get easier, but I've found that the more years that pass, the harder it gets.
0: Why do you think that is?
2: I don't know. I I can never understand what happened, what happened up here that made me do what I did, because it's against everything that I normally believe in. Yet it was you. It was me. But whatever happened to me mentally, I'm damned if I know, because uh, I had a normal upbringing. I had a great family life. Just something happened up here, and I went haywire. Um, Just completely lost the plot.
0: Mm, Me, me, me. So sad for me. At what point is it I feel so terrible? And At no point does he talk about being remorseful for the deaths of the three women that he killed.
1: You know what annoys me is that you don't have to be crazy to kill someone. Mm. You You can...
0: He's a manipulative.
1: Correct, but you know mm. how he's like. I don't, I don't know what happened up here for me to have to do it. it mm. You know, I was raised normal. Oh well, not all killers
0: had horrible upbringings. Yeah, but I don't think those tears there were for the, those that no, he and, and the people he affected. Gets harder as the years discus- go by. Oh,
1: please tell me more about how I should feel sorry for you. Exactly, Stay don't in feel in the sorry bin. for him.
0: Um, so at this time, this was two thousand and three, when sixty minutes spoke to him, he'd been actually moved to a lower level part of a security part of the jail he'd spent three decades in high security and here he talks about what that was like
2: there were 28 years i um, i never saw the stars i never saw the moon i never saw a sunset or a sunrise i never walked on grass you know walking on concrete all the time
0: what do you miss
2: most oh children laughter of children, and of course I wouldn't be a man if I didn't say I missed female company. I mean, it's hard to maintain a normal outlook when you're living in those circumstances, you know.
1: Do Uh, you think you're normal?
2: I'd like to think I am, but uh, I wasn't 31, 39 years ago, that's for sure.
1: I don't care.
0: Hmm. Same.
1: I don't care at all. You lose all those privileges when you do that to people. Exactly. And what about some
0: children? Should we bring you some children oh, to laugh that? in the jail? Oh, I miss children. Uh-huh. Do you? Do you miss is. all the
1: shit things you did to them?
0: Exactly. I mean, those 15-year-old. Who raps a 15-year-old? Okay. Um, one more piece. I just wanted you to hear this uh, where Liz Hayes asks him what's
2: in his future. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the final disgrace, the final shame would be to die in jail.
0: So what is your future? How how do you see the rest of your life?
2: Well, I don't expect it to be very long, much longer. I mean, I've got more things wrong with me than the Colin submarines.
0: Is he dead? He most certainly is. So just a few months... After that interview was recorded, he died in November 2003. After 50 years in the Grafton Correctional Centre, he died at the age of 76. Farewell and good riddance to you, Len Lawson.
1: Mm, The victims that he raped, and I know it's so cliche, have a life sentence. Mm. And I see that every single day in court. And court is so, what's the word I'm looking for? torturous for victims because sure you can see someone get justice but it never undoes the crime that Mm. they have committed it never brings a loved one back so you go through this process and there's all these people at the other end including myself as journalists going do you feel like you got justice and the answer is no Mm. yeah for sure you might feel some vindication but
0: yeah. But you ask me all the time it. about the death penalty. Like, yeah. you can hear, even for someone like him. He should have
1: just gotten it, and then those other crimes,
0: obviously. Oh, the, the no, but I love the fact that he, well, not loved, that's sorry, the, too much, but the fact that he, that's that's the the sadness, the patheticness of his and life. He said that there's Good. no dignity in the have fact or whatever,
1: that he would die in jail. Yeah. You can love that. Exactly. That's
0: fine. Uh, Sharon Hamilton, that dancer, you know, I know he didn't directly kill her, but he's clearly no, but he responsible did. for her but death. He yeah, And think of all the families of those people as well.
2: Oh,
1: dear. Any feedback, Shana? There is some feedback. Let me just look through my uh, documents I've got here because I've just got so much content these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, This is an email from Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Email says, We had a lovely old well-dressed gentleman ring our doorbell early one evening in 1968. He was gasping and asked for water. My parents brought him into our lounge room and he sat down on our lovely cream leather lounge chair. He took a sip of water, leant back, and then he made this awful gurgling sound in his throat. Yeah it would be worse than Can't that. Do it, yeah. We were all watching him and that was it. He was dead. A total stranger just comes in and dies in your house. His car was what? parked awkwardly and still running on our nature strip. No. My father turned it off and looked for ID. We rang the police and they came but couldn't take the body away because of some red tape. So he had to stay there dead in our lounge room. For hours. Well, I suppose they had to be
0: sure that the family didn't kill him. Correct. That's a really good point. And isn't an awkwardly parked car the most terrifying thing?
1: Yeah, he must have been panicked. on the... Oh. Poor old man. Oh. An ambulance turned up six hours later. No. And collected him. A few days later, his family came and thanked us. He was a retired accountant. Oh. Nobody... And she says, nobody ever sat on that cream leather lounge chair again. (laughs) It was known as the dead man chair. If a visitor sat on that chair, we'd scream, don't sit there. That's the dead man's chair. This went on for years between my brothers and sister uh, when they were all quite young. She says, creepy at the time.
0: The dead man's chair. What do you do? It sounds for like those... a pirate thing, doesn't what it? What do you do for the six hours while the while the ma- the dead body's in the living room? Do you ca- can you still go and do the ironing? Do you clean the bathroom?
1: I don't know. You'd you would imagine the cops would be there the whole time as well, right? Oh, would they? I think so. They wouldn't just leave you with the body. The co- at least one cop. Remember, we had that lady write in. She said she had to oh, do She, sudoku. To, yeah, she, did sudoku, she didn't know right. what to do. That. I wonder if that was no.
0: That was a different. Sorry, I thought we were solving shit just then. We weren't. Got something? <laughs> Madeline has emailed deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Hi, DD and Chanel. No, don't do that to our – don't do that to people that write in because we did it once and you did it once and someone got, got upset that you gave them an accent. So That's just... not her accent because she's from Wisconsin and I don't even know mm. what accent that is but I'm thrilled that it's American.
1: Same. But just read it in your Australian
0: accent. Madeline says – I don't have a good dead body story because I've only seen them at funerals. Can I just say that? That's good. People apologising for not having seen dead bodies. It's okay. It's okay Um, that
1: your life is totally freaking (laughs) normal. It's fine. uh,
0: But Madeleine said, I would like to share an unrelated unsettling moment. I'm currently in pharmacy school at a medical university. Almost every time I walk past the cadaver labs, it smells strongly of a different type of food. Today it was tacos. (sighs) While I know it's probably because of a student or faculty member heating their lunch in the microwave somewhere, it still creeps me out. Uh, also, have either of you read Stiff by Mary Roach? Oh, no. No. It's all about the different ways science uses cadavers. It's really interesting. Make hmm, a note of that. I only re- read... I don't real read...
1: What? What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> I'm and... having a dyslexic moment in my brain where I can't see my words. Anyway. I, only... I don't read true stories about death.
0: Oh, don't you? I just finished um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark about the Golden State Killer. I was going to pass it on to you. I won't waste my time. Oh, maybe I'd like to read that. All right. But I just normally read thrillers. Can I just preface it with saying it belongs to a friend. It's been passed around a few people, which is actually makes me love it even more, this particular copy. Sure. And someone that had it, he said it was a mate of his, had it, dropped it in the bath. So it's, it's you know, a, a book kind of goes big. Well, and... do you know what's weird about that? I don't reach my bag. I I borrow library books. Yeah.
1: And I love library How books. How
0: of you. How quaint. Well, what do you also do? Yeah,
1: I have this Tatchin. one at the oh. moment. Oh, I've got hostage, that stuff in it. and it's got my. Um, is that
0: James Patterson? It's got my.
1: Yeah. Oh, I. I've,
0: I haven't read that one, but I've read nearly every and James Patterson. And my bookmark
1: is a, a letter from my colorectal doctor,
0: just in. The- That's <laughs> nice. I love talking about procedures, don't, I don't you? Know why that, um, I, I just want to get bookmark, to the so. on Madeline's. Shout so. out to Doctor Nguyen. Doctor Newen, is he the one that's overly concerned with your urine samples, or is it someone else? No,
1: no, no, no. I Got rid of that doctor. He uh, is the one that said I have a clean colon.
0: You've that's. You know what? That's now the tenth time you've referred to your clean colon. You know, I do. And yet you eat McDonald's, so I don't believe a word of it. Uh, Maddie from Wisconsin, I won't say exactly where, but she says apparently, P.S. Apparently, this is an unpopular opinion. But I love DD's Dee accents. It actually says that there. She was dying for me to do How do I know you accent. didn't
1: just write that in?
0: No, it's Because I don't have
1: access to the email.
0: Uh, wait for the next episode, Madeline. I'm going for it. All right. Say the things. What? The, oh, OK. Uh, Facebook, you can find us on there. Don't just tag your friends in stuff. Can ask them to actually like the page. It thrills us to bits. We love messages and emails, deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.